Welcome, my lovelies. Welcome to another Naked Football show uh, in the studio tonight. No, he's not in the studio. This, we're recording it, I'm forgetting. Uh, is uh, Mr. Graham Brook. Welcome, Graham. You don't want to do this, but we're going to have to talk about last night. It was pretty atrocious. What did you think of it? Um, pitiful, really. I mean, I, I sort of sat there watching on iFollow. Who could you give a man of the match to out of that? I mean, I, I, I'd have probably struggled to give any of them more than the three out of ten. It was just absolutely from start to finish. You know, mm. I mean, it, you look, looked at the pitch at Fleetwood. I mean, I hope, I hope they're successful when the potatoes come up and the cabbages in a few weeks because it was like <laughs> play, playing on an allotment, wasn't it? You know, it was, you, yeah. To be fair, Fleetwood outmatched us, outthought us. Everything on on the park last night, two 0 probably flattered Ipswich somewhat, you know, and I, I think that's certainly probably on a par with some of Lambert's performances that he got out of his team. Um, I, I won't criticise Paul Cook because, you know, to be fair, I mean Marcus might be paying him a good wedge, but he hasn't given him the black hat, the white rabbit, or the magic wand yet. He's going to need all three to get anything out. Out of that yeah. squad, it's just frightening. If you go back, like from when we went down to Division One, so we, we had last season and this season, and um, I, I personally felt somewhere within that squad, for Christ's sake, there's what 53, 54 professionals, so there should be 11 players there that are capable of challenging for top two without any question. And mm. It just seems to be almost like repeat, you know, put put it on repeat from last season, start off reasonably well although not kidding ourselves we got the results but we weren't playing fantastically no. we we then started heading downhill so good old Marcus I, I personally think Lambert was delivering what Marcus wanted last year um, if you think we'd got that salary cap coming in of two two and a half million which has been thrown out the window now and made Marcus look even stupider than he normally mm. looks but um, I personally think that you know the first couple of years when Marcus was in charge brought Keane in and everything else, you know, and threw some money at it. And the ambition was there that we'd be in the premiership within a, a couple of years. You then started to question how much the ambition was there. Maybe there is an element of decency still still within him that he's not letting us go into administration. But I, I personally felt, you know, when he didn't back McCarthy when we lost the semi-final to Norwich in the playoffs the following season was there for the taking if he'd have just put you know a bit of money into it like just add a couple of players to that squad but from then on I think he's been treading water and the the danger with treading water is as you tread water he's not going to do the the dirty and maybe let them go into administration but he's just about doing enough to keep them afloat but when you've got various other teams that are putting that little bit more money you can just see us slowly slowly sinking and I, I personally think it's death by a thousand cuts so you know maybe the cynical in me thought like last year when he gave him that five-year contract as a reward for about losing eight out of ten games or whatever <laughs> uh, brilliant timing absolutely fantastic but then when you, you look at one of Marcus Evans statements they're usually uh, about the same par aren't they but I, I thought Lambert was probably delivering what he wanted mid-table, just below the playoffs in Division 1, give the fans a little bit of something, you know, something we might get into the playoffs, we might not, but then he can just blame it on the, the, the salary cap, but then obviously that's that's gone by the by now and he's got egg on his face, because is he going to really afford it if we go back up to the championship, you know, I mean I just, just can't see it, and I, I don't know. No, it, it's a strange one, especially with the news that this takeover may well be off, in which case he's well he's 
tying a noose around his own neck, it would seem, but who knows? Hopefully um, quite tightly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, do you want to quickly... Um, you have a book, don't you? The I Adventures do, of a I Tractor do. Boy. Do you yeah. want to have a quick... Mm-hmm. Uh, quick plug. There's a, yeah, go a website, www.adventuresofattractorboy.co.uk. Uh, the book's been out for what, probably about five years or so, there, thereabouts now. Um, the, the whole idea of it is a, a, basically a bit of a skit on Nick Hornby's fever pitch, where it sort of gets up, sort of follows me in the days when Ipswich were good, and I'm sure quite a lot of our fan base now can't believe that ever actually was the case. No. But we were were like arguably the best team in Europe, for instance, in 1980-81. And um, basically, it just covers all the absolutely mental things that I did when I didn't have a mortgage and I didn't have two children and a wife and I was allowed to do a bit more than I do now, um, going all over uh, both the UK and Europe following Ipswich. And what I did was tie it together because my uh, youngest daughter was born eight and a half weeks prematurely. So when I managed to get the book published, um, I set, set it all up so that uh, all, all profit of every book goes uh, t- directly to the Colchester Special Care Baby Unit, and it's made, well, getting on for about £2,300, sold 1,200-plus copies. Uh, the website's amazing. It's got one page around the world where there's over 200 pictures. People send a photo in of, of either them and the book or the book. It's famous places, 53 countries, I think, at the last count, mm-hmm. and quite a few well-known people like Frankie Fryer and like Exit Switch players and everything. And it was amazing when we, because um, on the cover, I was one of only three fans that went out to Scandinavia for a pre-season tour and was on the pitch uh, with Terry Butcher at one stage. And there's a picture of Terry, uh, that photo is, is the front cover. Yeah, and I've seen when, that, yeah. Yeah, when we made the first £1,000, uh, Terry, Terry came over and um, took us into Colchester and uh, my wife, me and daughter, and uh, we made the presentation of the first uh, payment to the special care baby in it so it was amazing cool stuff i i feel shamed that i haven't got the book i was like you i was all over it in uh, 80 81 and uh, traveling around europe and Sinetian and everything yeah, um yeah, well it, there's lots about that in there and it, it's only 6.99 i will no I, I, I promise I, I, I promise to do so graham absolutely i will thank you <laughs> um yeah, well we, well, we could spend the rest of the show just talking about that, really, couldn't we? About, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear me. And I think we should, really, but we won't. We'll go on to emails and tweets. Alex Morton, I'd like to raise an early question for the show. Traditionally, town played towards the North Stand. This was after last week, of course, and all our home games. Traditionally, town played towards the North Stand second half. Now that our strategy seems to be passing the ball around in our own half, do you think the town should start playing towards Churchman's second half? Hmm. Thoughts? Well, uh, I don't think it makes much difference the way they play. I don't think it makes a lot of odds, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I, since Paul Cook's come in, there's been a lot more, uh, or certainly a, a bit more tempo, if you exclude last night, than there was under Lambert. But, I mean, I found, like, the Lambert-Taylor sort of uh, usual dribble that came out after every match was quite amazing because they sort of absolutely purred over the possession football. But... You know, to be honest, if you take like the whole game, when was it November time, um, the mm. one at Portman Road, when they sort of went 2-0 up quite quickly, when I think it was top against second, and then Ipswich's reply to that was, yeah, lots of possession football, about two, three metres outside their own penalty area, you know, so I just thought, oh, this is going to be an easy night, we'll just sit back and watch them, and then, you know, then teams get even wise to that, don't they, and they yeah. start pressing them, you know, we've seen some like 
crazy goals or near goals given away when the teams think, oh, well, if we go and press them, because to be honest, you know, you, you haven't got the players at the back that can really pass it around and walk it from one end of the pitch to the other, which is why you end up re- res- resorting to the hoof ball. I think Paul Cook's got a great big problem here because, you know, at the end of the day, I think Marcus Evans is expecting him to polish a turd and turn it into a diamond, doesn't he, really? And that just yeah, doesn't happen. Yeah, and, and quite a lot of turds, if you're going to stick with that analogy, because <laughs> he's got loads of too many, too many players, hasn't he, for a start. I think yeah. he's going to have to trim down the squad as well as try and get... Uh, Thumbs in buy, to, buy to, one, get five free. You yeah, know, so. yeah, yeah. The trouble is, just, you wouldn't get anyone to buy one of them, would you? No, that's no, buy five, get one, hopefully. Um, <laughs> yeah. From Daryl from the US of A, has Graham had any contact from Mr. Johnson concerning his book or other town matters? That, that, that is an interesting question. Um, I, I have had some contact, um, but it's been private, so um, I would obviously honour that sort of uh, position um, I mean as far as I go as far as it goes there's uh, certainly and I mean anyone out there that thought Brett Johnson would be talking to Graham Brook about what he'd done on the takeover and what stage it was or anything else has to be mad because the, the guy is a businessman he may or may not I don't know he may or may not be buying the football club it, it or trying to, depending on what Marcus is up to this week. But at the yeah. end of the day, people, you know, both on the American side and on the UK side would be signing the um, non-disclosure stuff and everything else. And to be fair, Brett Johnson wouldn't know who the hell I am anyway, so why would he talk to me about that? But as, as far as general discussions um, about my book and about um, football in general, I have spoken to him, yes, Um I, I got the, get the impression that if it was to go ahead, and as I say, it's a big if, and uh, it, I'm not an in the know. I, <laughs> I find them re- really annoying, uh, really annoying, sort of uh, hearing all this in the know stuff. But I, w- I would say that the impression that I got would be that if if it was to go ahead, one, because I've had an absolute gut full of Marcus Evans and what's happened to the club since he's taken over. But two, when you look around at um, the consortiums that Brett Johnson's actually sort of been involved in or taken charge of, um, Hel- Helsingor in Denmark, which has made the Danish playoffs, Dundalk are doing well in Ireland, um, Phoenix out in the States won their league last year, you know, that, uh, and just the fact that there is some interest you know, like a big man like that is interested in, you know, I'm just a football supporter that likes moaning about Ipswich, really. Mm, yeah. um, but, you know, that, that's a hell of a lot more than the Invisible Man's done in 13 years. He pops out once in a while, comes out with virtually um, a rolled, rolled on two-year-old load of bollocks, uh, sorry, uh, um, <laughs> view that he had the last time and doesn't placate anyone, just annoys them even further. So, yeah, um, so, yeah, I have had some contact with Brett Johnson, but um, you know, nothing more. You know, at the end of the day, someone could look at my my Twitter feed and could see that he follows me. You know, so that's not hidden; that's in the public domain. But as I say, the conversation that I have had with him is is private. Uh, but as I say, he wouldn't be wouldn't be making me in the know if he was. I wouldn't tell you anyway. But he wouldn't be, and that that's the honest honest truth. Well, that's a, a very um, substantial answer. I, I actually thought that Daryl was talking about 
um, Boris Johnson for starters. Christ, if he if he contacted me, he, he would be he would be immediately blocked. He wouldn't be followed or anything. <laughs> yeah, same here. Uh, Alistair Ratray, hello, Alistair. Notable that Cook called for the players to recognise the responsibility of playing for the club and the size of the club. Is this basically the same message that Paul Lambert was trying to get across whenever he mentioned Celtic slash Dortmund, etc.? Will PC be able to change the squad enough? Well, to, to, to be honest, like after about a year of listening to Lambert, I, I really don't know how Paul Cook's going to take it. Yeah, I, I get what Alistair's saying, that there is, is a responsibility for a club like Ipswich. I think I think what we need to recognise, because I think I'm guilty of it sometimes, I sort of tend to, you know, like even with, with my book, live, live on the past a bit with Ipswich. I haven't had much, much joy to really enjoy but um, I don't think we can live on the past so I think the problem that say Paul Cook's going to have is that you know you could literally just put Ipswich Town up in that opposition dressing room and say look look who you're playing tonight do you want to prove yourselves you know and I think just because you're playing Ipswich Town that almost incentivise and maybe gives those other teams that extra mm, 5 or 10% yeah. fight and I think you've got the opposite you've got the com- converse from the Ipswich side of things that I, I personally think you've got two two bad problems with the players at the moment um, not every player but the majority of them you've got a bunch of the, the seniors if you like that are almost like living it out comfortably in Suffolk towards retirement or going into coaching or whatever else and they're going to probably presumably be on a, a reasonably good wage still from championship. I don't know. Um, but you've also got like a, a lot of youngsters that have come through. You know, we're all oozing about our academy and the players we can bring through, the Bishops, the Downs, the Dizelles, people like that. But to be honest, like both the seniors aren't really living up and leading by example. But also, also the youngsters haven't come through and grabbed it by the the proverbial and taken their their chance yeah you know what i was going to say but i didn't no you yeah, um, fine <laughs> but that, they haven't taken their chance either and um i think it's like a a, a real poor mixture indeed um uh, from Julian. Hello, Jules. Uh, Julian Hughes, who is a golf coach. Evening, GB and Graham. Oh, to be an Ipswich supporter. My question to you both is, is this the worst squad of players you've ever seen at Ipswich Town? If not, then he says, nurse. God bless Alistair and Slower and Mrs Nuts. Bye-bye. You, you can just yeah, do a yes-no to I, that, I think. Well, basically, uh, very quickly, poor in the John Duncan days, in, in particular as one example, in whenever that was, the 90s, I, I think. But at the end of the day, let's face it, we're, whatever you want to call it, Division 1. We're actually in Division 3, third level. We're underperforming both at senior level and the younger level, with one or two exceptions, mm. um, for the last two seasons. So, yes, without a doubt. Um, Mrs Nuts, GB and GB. The GBs, not the BGs. Anyway, about last <laughs> night, it gave me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs Nuts. That'll do. Uh, Mullet. Uh, I love Andre Dizel. He played badly last night and looked burnt out, but who didn't? How can a squad this deep fall so short on the basics? And and Statman was beastly to us, wasn't he again, Mullet? Yes, quickly, Graham. To be honest, I, I mean, I loved watching his dad play, you know, mm, the, yeah, today, J- Jason and everything. And I, I always struggle to have anything bad to say about Andre. And he the, probably maybe slightly negatively he, he is a luxury player um, he, he picks out the odd absolute sublime pass from you know people could call it a hoof but it isn't it's a measured yeah, perfect yeah. pass going across but 
realistically, like this season, last season, we're playing at level three um, in in the football league. How many goals has he got, and how many assists has he got? Not many. Yeah, that's so, true. Is there a better alternative? I don't know. I'm just playing the devil's advocate. We might have to find someone else to love. Mullet. Um, from Ewan, Blue Blue Aussie here. Another one. How many GBs does it take to make a podcast? Hello, GB, and welcome, GB. GB original last week. You dodged. Oh, yes, this is um, this was Ewan who uh, asked about the five players you'd axe. Well, the, the five I'd keep. Out of the experienced players, I'd keep judge based on this season. Striker, Norwood, if we can actually educate any of the squad to actually give him some service mm. he'll put the ball in the net people criticise him for his finishing but we had Alex Matthew who maybe had 10 chances and had scored 3 you know he's at least getting in the positions yeah. wide and one of the few youngsters I would really have patience and persevere with because I think he really has got potential as Jack Lancaster centre half so I'm going to surprise you but I really like watching him pre-season and then what does Lambert do dumps him for the season I'd go for Nadaba and he's a left-footed centre-back as well. And when you look at like the ones we've got in the stables, still back at Portman Road, he's miles better than any of them, in my view. Uh, midfield, I'm struggling, possibly Bishop, but I'm not convinced, and I'm struggling to keep anyone else, really. Cool. Um, we'll move swiftly on. Uh, if Paul Cook... This is um, from Carl Fuller. Hello, Carl. If Paul Cook took the Ipswich job because of working with Marcus Evans, he's a brave man. Five managers before him, appointed by Evans, had 11 promotions combined on their CVs and did not get close to, to getting us promoted. Interesting stat there, Carl. Um, Cook, with three promotions on his own, has a massive task here. And he also goes on, Carl says, uh, good evening, by the way, to you both. Great to hear Graham on the wireless. That's GB, by the way. Oh, heck, that's both of you then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, do you basically... Yeah, I know. That's my fault for reading out too. Uh, he's going on about the success of the managers before Cook, and Cook, with three promotions on his own, has a massive, massive task, considering the others weren't successful, basically. OK, well, well a month ago, I think, you know, generally everybody, well, apart from Stuart Taylor, wanted Lambert out of the club. Um, we got we got our wish, and to be honest, probably got the best manager that was available that was ever going to come. Yeah. Um, to, I know people wanted Eddie Howe and people like that, but that wasn't going to happen, was it, realistically? But I, I just can't believe Cook would come to work. I, I know there's been a lot of stuff, but I can't believe he'd come to work with Evans. And I think it was his first press interview he let out some comment about um something was about to happen very exciting and i can't imagine that was paul cook training with the squad he's got you know he said the fans were going to be very excited by it so i'm still hoping that this takeover is going to go ahead indeed it, it mm, yes i i think uh there might be if something still in it. If it isn't, bloody good luck to Borker. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that, Carl. Um, Julian Watkins. Hi, Julian. Uh, good evening, GB squared. Well, it's not GB squared because if you times one against the other, it's still one, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe it is. Uh, thanks for that. What a cruel sport. This time last week, everyone was so happy. Now we realise that it was ridiculous to flirt with the idea of promotion and the comforting rug of hope that was the takeover. Seems to have been whipped out from under our feet. Or has it? It's not over yet. Come on, you blues. Pretty much what we just said, actually, wasn't it, Graham? I'm still hoping on the takeover, but I know nothing, as I said previously. As, as far as the playoffs go, I don't think my, my stomach or my heart can take it for another five or six weeks because you keep having that 
eternal optimism that yeah we're going to do it then like god the game at Gillingham and the game at Fleetwood you just think we've finally got in there again you know I mean but again like last night virtually all the results went for us if we're being realistic on playoff rather than top two like Skews said I mean what happy pills was he on when he came out with that (laughs) one I know you've got to be positive but I think that's positively stupid really (laughs) but um, realistically we get in the playoffs I mean I know we've sort of beaten Doncaster and Accrington um, and Hull in the last but you know over three highly pressurised games against other top six how many matches are we going to win out of that I think I'd probably go for naught out of three really in the current squad yeah Um, Carl Day hello Carl I believe you know Carl hi guys are you looking forward to seeing the cleaners on either wing on Saturday also Mr Brook can I have my ruler back now after 40 years yeah um, well I did suggest for cleaners we could also bring uh, a midfielder out of retirement called Franz Dyson I saw that and he wants his ruler back well you'll have to fight that one out guys um chris ran hello chris why have we lost all the ability to pass and control the ball particularly this season every move in quotes ends up with someone punting it at 100 miles an hour to a teammate five meters away and then it ballooning it back over the first player's head what's that, going on that's quite easy a bit abysmal coaching um and pretty abysmal players on the main mm. That's a yeah. <laughs> Nothing more to be said there. Um, this is from ATO in in Oz. Slightly cooler Sydney this week. It's only in the high twenties. Bless him. Uh, when mm. lockdown lifts and we all go to Wembley, who's Mister Lambert going to be buying a pint for? Steve Evans, Brenner, Phil Ham, or Mick? Can't we all just get along? <laughs> I'm not sure. I totally understand it, but would Lambert still be going? Well, that'd be interesting as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, I hope he's not got a seat next to me if he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, him and uh, Boris Johnson. I wonder there. if he'll give me a copy of the book back I gave him at Accrington in the cup game a couple of years. I wonder if he's read it. Oh, actually, you, you can give it to me. That'll save me buying it. No, yeah. I'll, I'll buy it, I promise. Um, <laughs> Podrick Mallet. Hello, Podrick. Uh, evening, Graham, and guest. Uh, that's you, Graham. Um, evening, Graham and Graham, in other words. Happy St. Patrick's yeah. Day. After la- Oh, blimey. After last night's defeat, Paul Cook said, the only consistent thing about town at the moment is our inconsistency. We're all hopeful with a mini winning streak just before the new manager arrived. There's been no new manager bounce, but this is Ipswich after all. A takeover seems to be off the table for the time being. Does the panel think talk of a takeover has any impact on the team's performance is a takeover more or less likely if we remain in division one keep up the great work cheers mate well i i personally thought that there was no coincidence when it it was really heating up when there was everything talking about this takeover was just towards the end of lambert's reign and the performances definitely stepped up like there were some players worried about their contracts and whatever and then it seems maybe no coincidence uh, as it's sort of almost a bit of a dampener is it still going ahead or not going ahead the performances have have dropped off a bit but yeah I I don't know there's been a lot hasn't there locally like land registry and stuff like that that um, for the priority search which is usually according to Muncher after the contracts have been exchanged and Mm. thing Um, it's a bit to be fair I think there was one private Twitter account with about 80 followers and TWTD, I don't know where they got the story from, whether it was from that account or not, that have reported that it's off. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think Muncher said yesterday on those were the days um, on his ongoing saga that you were looking possibly about 200,000 or more that the consortium would have put in by this stage normally. So I just have to hope that it's still going on. I mean, would, would Evans 
maybe he might be thinking he could get a few more million if they got promoted, but equally he could be left with the club in the championship. Yes, indeed. No, no signed players on contract and a hell of a lot of money to spend, which could far outweigh the few extra million he might get for selling it. Indeed. You know, I don't know. He might be on the phone now saying, um, um, hello, I've had, a, I've had a change of thought. Um, that's it, Graham. We've got to go. Quickly, prediction for um, Portsmouth Saturday. Nil-nil. Nil-nil. That sounds very enthusiastic, oh my Lord. Thank you, Graham. Till next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care. Bye. Bye.